Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Yesterday was a pretty, pretty tough night for me. Um, James Harden made his Clipper debut. Now, when the news initially came out that James Harden was going to be joining the Clippers, I was one of the people that asked myself the question, why? Why? The Clippers, I already personally believe, were a championship caliber team without James Harden. I thought that um, the only thing that would stop this team is number one, health, because that seems to be the thing that has stopped them over the last few years, health and continuity and just them playing games and building some chemistry. And it seemed like the Clippers were, make, you know, were putting their best foot forward this season. Kawhi Leonard hasn't missed a single game this season. He's been playing in back-to-backs. And it looks like they're taking this ser- this season seriously, as they should, right? As they should. Uh, but nevertheless, they still went all, went out there and pulled out that pulled off that James Harden trade, and they brought him in alongside P.J. Tucker. So yesterday, uh, James Harden was slated to make his big debut for the Clippers uh, at Madison Square Garden. There's no better arena to go out there and make your debut than in New York, right? And you could tell, I mean, New York is New York, is New York, man. New York is New York. The energy, you could see it. I was watching it. You could just see it like, man, New York is, New York still brings the energy. So he was there. And um, what we found out moments before the game was that James Harden was going to start the game. So he started the game and I, like many people watching the game to see how is this all going to work? You have three guys that could score at least 20 points a game, and you have a Russell Westbrook court any night, given I can erupt for uh, 20 or 30 points. And I'm looking at the lineup, and I'm like, so how are they all going to make this thing? How are they going to make it work? And as I was watching the game, I began to realize that, wait a minute, wait a minute. Number one, there are too many players on offense that are going to need the ball, and there's so many balls to go around. So... I said to myself, we're going to have a problem. Number two, as I was watching that game, I noticed that Kawhi Leonard was totally out of whack, totally out of sync in that first quarter because it's it's almost like as if the Clippers decided, okay, your shot, my shot, it's an equal opportunity offense. And that was something that I absolutely did not like. And it was something that actually was hurting Kawhi Leonard's rhythm. In that first half, and it was only until the second half of the game that Kawhi Leonard was even able to get a rhythm in that game. So when it came time for the post-game interview, I was listening to see what various players would say. And then I tuned in to hear what head coach Tyron Lue had to say. And as I was listening to him talk, Ty Lue publicly admitted 
that the offense should have been ran through Kawhi Leonard from the start. But before we even get into his comments, this video is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app with over 28 million downloads. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeeks, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. And with the NFL and NBA season in full swing, SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Now here's the best part and the reason I absolutely love SeatGeek. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you are getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of one to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket is backed by the buyer's guarantee and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event. And we have great news for you because we got you guys a really, really good deal. Use code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. And remember, when you try SeatGeek by using the link in the description below, just know that you're helping this channel. So what we want to do is we want to play exactly, exactly what Ty Lue had to say about this issue, and then we want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what head coach Ty Lue had to say about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Um, offensively, just, you know, having the ball in James' hand. I think um, second half, we did a better job of advanced passes and attacking early in transition. We got a lot of stops in the first half. We never threw the advanced pass to attack early. So that was better for us in that third quarter. And then just, you know, guys getting familiar. You know, I called a few plays. We couldn't get in our spots. You know, they wasn't. It's easier to run it in practice, but then when the game's going on and they're trying to run on the fly, it was kind of tough for us tonight. So it's going to take a little time for us to really get our offense down the way we want to get it down. Ten games because that's how long it should take them to sort of be used to each other or because that should sort of get used to the plays and everything? Uh, for me to get used to them and kind of, yeah, understand what I need to do. I'm not going to overreact. But um, you've been talking about how everybody's going to make sacrifices. It's going to be one guy's night, one night who fails to connect. But then you come out in the second half and make sure that Kawhi gets the ball. Is he the guy out of the score that has to have the ball every night? I mean, he's the best player. So, yeah. So the, the other three would be more people choose as far as who has to sacrifice. No, I mean, everybody has to sacrifice, but. I thought just, you know, the matchup with Kawhi, we can attack that a little more, you know, instead of uh, spreading it out the way we did. I thought just getting him into a rhythm would help us out offensively, and it did, you know. And so, um, you know, we just got to make sure we just keep everybody engaged, you know, as well as PG offensively as well. And so, you know, Russ and James have had a league in assists, I think, the last four or five years. So they're, they're capable of making the plays and setting those guys up and making sure we're in the right spots. And so I don't think it would be a problem at all. So you heard what Ty Lue had to say. And that was my issue. Last night after that game, we actually did a live. And in the live, I was discussing this very issue. I was saying that the Clippers' two best players in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were not able to establish a rhythm whatsoever. Paul George in that game shot about, what, 18%? Below 30% in that game. Paul George, the guy that came into that game, averaging what? Close to 28 points per game, around 28 points per game. Paul George in that game finished that game with five turnovers. Five turnovers in that game. 
The Clippers finished that game overall with 22 turn- No, not no. Paul George had four turnovers. Ivica Zubak had five turnovers in that game. And the only reason he had five turnovers was because the, the offense was totally out of whack. But it seems like one person that had no issues with this was Kawhi Leonard his, himself. So what we want to do is want to quickly play what Kawhi is about a 20-second clip. Play what Kawhi Leonard had to say about the offense. Take a listen to that. You know, in time, he'll get better. Kawhi, Ty said that he had to call your number in the second half. Do you feel like you got a little lost in the the newness of having a, having James out there and just trying to figure everything out in the first half? No, it's going to be like that. Uh, we have uh, guys that can score the ball. won't be the only one. And um, I just got to be ready when my opportunity comes. So you heard what Kawhi had to say. Listen, um, I don't like what Kawhi had to say. I don't like it. I think that um, Kawhi Leonard is the best player on that team. Ty Lue himself said that. And I think that your offense should begin with your best player. I also think offenses that are successful should have a clear pecking order. The Miami Heat, well, LeBron and these guys had issues that first year because they didn't know who is your shot, is it my shot, do I go, do you go? It was a problem. It was only until D-Wade said, LeBron, you lead the way, and I'll follow suit. Then they started winning. It was a clear pecking order. Same thing with the Lakers with Paul Gasol and Kobe Bryant and Lamar Odom and those guys. Clear pecking order. In the case of the Clippers, they're trying to get into this thing of, oh, well, he's perfectly capable and I'm perfectly capable and he's perfectly capable so we can all do it. That I don't want to hear that. I want the offense being ran through my best player. Now, some people may say this is an archaic way of uh, archaic way of thinking about things. I don't care. What I do know is that this system has worked for many successful championship teams. It should be Kawhi. It should be Paul George. And the rest of those guys can figure it out. I personally believe that James Harden needs to come off the Either James Harden or Russell Westbrook, one of these guys needs to come off the bench. I I, I don't think you can start both of those guys in, all, in, uh, in the start. I just don't think you can. I don't think you can because Kawhi in these guys' game is going to suck. Kawhi could not establish a rhythm. He would shoot the ball at one point, then four minutes later shoot the ball again. How are you going to establish a rhythm like that? And that's exactly what Ty Lue said. So to me, I think they have too many offensive players on the floor. One of these guys needs to go to the bench, preferably, preferably James Harden. And I don't care how you, you you finish off games. Put out put the lineup out there that's going to guarantee you a win. And Ty Lue has no problem with doing that. But I think if they're going to continue to run this offense of all of these guys, I'm not I'm not I'm not with the Clippers. Then no, I have no I have zero confidence. If this if this is the system that they're going to implement, where we can all do it. No, no, no I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Yesterday, the Clippers lost a pretty big game. Um, In that game, it was, uh, of course, James Harden's debut for the team. And uh, what is it? At the end of the game, let me just read off some numbers to you. Paul George finished that game with 10 points. The guy that came into the game averaging 28 points per game, he he scored 10 points. He shot 18% from the field. He shot 16.7% from three. <clears throat> he got you seven rebounds, uh, three assists, three steals, and four turnovers. So a net negative, uh, net uh, net plus minus of my, uh, minus seven. Kawhi Leonard finished that game. He did shoot 50% from the field. 
he scored 18 points, but he was totally out of whack in that game. Evitsa Zubak, he was disastrous. He finished the game with eight points, only seven rebounds, and he had five turnovers. And it's because of these guys were trying to force feed him these errant passes. James Harden played very well, uh, actually, off the bench. He had, or played well, let me just say. He scored uh, 17 points on 67% shooting, 50% from the three, 100% from the free throw line. He did get you six assists and three rebounds, and he, he had... Um, two turnovers. And Russell Westbrook had 17 points um, on 61% shooting, 33% from the field. But if you paid attention to the numbers, the most important players that were affected by this was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yesterday in that live, if you guys saw the live, I don't know if you've seen it, you can you can check it out after this show. I absolutely went off um, about how this Clippers offense is going to be run. I said that I didn't like the fact that Kawhi Leonard was not able to establish in a rhythm only up until the third quarter of that game. Kawhi Leonard was shooting the ball every two or three minutes. And I'm like, that's not how you start off a game with your best player. It was like an equal opportunity offense, which I don't like because all of those guys on the court are not equal. Your best player is Kawhi. So why isn't, why isn't your offense going through him? And I don't like the fact that they're all saying this thing about where well, we can do it, we can do it. No, it's about... Who's playing what role? We're all not playing the same role. And it's not about this thing of, and you know, it's funny. Kawhi Leonard said this. He said, he said, we need to be selfish. Instead of thinking, okay, it's you, it's me, and then I'll let you. He said, that's how you hurt yourself. But yesterday, what I saw was a lot of passive behavior on the court. And it turns out, it turns out I wasn't the only person that felt that because yesterday, NBA legend Isaiah Thomas was also watching that game, and it seems like even Isaiah Thomas saw just how passive of a team the Clippers were uh, on the court and how it was affecting their best player in Kawhi Leonard. So for those of you who didn't hear what Isaiah Thomas had to say about this, take a listen to what Isaiah Thomas had to say about the Clippers' offense, and then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. Not only can he knock down the three, but he's also a threat to penetrate, get to the basket. Here he's off ball. You got a weak side pin down now for Westbrook, passing it to Leonard. I mean, these three together being involved in action, strong side and weak side. You know, this is going to be tough to defend against if these three continue to play together, share the basketball and work together as a team. Uh, Harden can make shots from, from great distances. Kawhi Leonard can take over a game. Paul George can take over a game. You know, the, the one thing I think these four do have to be careful of is that they don't become too unselfish and start sacrificing too much. And therefore, nobody really gets into a rhythm and really gets going. Because, you know, we, we look at Paul George, you know, getting 11 shots. We look at Leonard only getting 16 shots. Harden gets nine shots. Westbrook gets 13 shots. Normally they have that in the first five minutes of the game. <laughs> so, so their unselfishness and being able to and wanting to sacrifice, I just hope that they don't go overboard trying to sacrifice for each other and no one really gets off. So you heard what Isaiah Thomas had to say. He said what I said in that live yesterday. And some people were saying, oh, you don't need to panic. It's only one game. And as I was telling those people on the live, I've never done or I rarely do a video. As a matter of fact, this is the first time this season you've ever seen me do a live after a Clippers win or loss. I don't do it. So for me to do a live yesterday, it means that I saw something that I really did not like. 
I didn't like what I I didn't like what I saw yesterday. And I don't like the fact that they're trying to make it seem like these guys are all equals on the court when they are not. Personally, I think they need to figure out a situation in which one of these guys, and in these guys I'm referring to is James Harden or is Russell Westbrook, one of these guys is coming off the bench. I think you have too many players that need the ball in their hand in your starting lineup, and it's not going to work. Now, if you're talking about having above average role players in your starting five, then you have a point. Then I can see keeping all of these guys there, kind of like what the Detroit Pistons had. You had a Chauncey Billups, you had a Richard Hamilton, you had Tayshawn Prince, you had Rasheed Wallace, and you had these guys. I can understand that. That's not what you have here. You have a two-time Finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard. You have a Paul George who finished, I think, top three in defensive play of the year and top three in MVP voting a few years ago. These guys can erupt. You have a James Harden who's not really the James Harden before. You have a Russell Westbrook who's not really the Russell Westbrook. It's clear that the Clippers' two best players are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And it's clear that the Clippers', Clippers best player is Kawhi. And I can't even, I can't even envision this team being in the playoffs and they're still doing this. The Clippers go to the playoffs. This is what I personally think. It needs to be Kawhi. It needs to be Paul George and everybody else needs to contribute. I want the majority of the shots going to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Period. Period. And then these other guys can find their way in the offense. I don't want this equal opportunity. Oh, tonight is James Harden's night. The next night is Kawhi. No, because that's how you hurt these guys' rhythm. They weren't shooting enough. If I go back and look at that box score, let me see how many shots Kawhi Leonard attempted in the first half. Kawhi attempted six shots in the first half. You, can, you, you just can't have that. You can't have that. I, you, you just can't. In the second half, what did he attempt? Ten field goals. And at that point, they were trying to force feed him. And now they're trying to get Kawhi going. And then what happens? Paul George suffers. He only went one of four for the remainder of the game. Russell Westbrook was picking his spot, so he was efficient. James Harden was picking his spots. He was the only attempted four shots. To me, what would have made better sense is if the Clippers went out there and got somebody like a Carl Anthony Towns. A bigger body, a bam out of bio, a bigger body. Then I'll be like, okay, this kind of works. Because you have guys plugging in different spots, you know, on the floor. But in this case, they have guys that have redundant, have repet- uh, what is it, redundant skills especially between Russ Westbrook and Harden. Now, the reason I would start Harden over Westbrook is simply this. Westbrook, although he's not as efficient as Harden, but he has been uh, more efficient this season. What I like about Westbrook is, number one, his energy. He's going to play with a lot of energy. What What else I like is his pace. He's playing with a lot of great pace. He, he really attacks the teeth of defenses, collapses, gets those guys open, clean looks, either on the first shot or the hockey pass. Westbrook does that. Number two, he's going to offensive rebound the hell out of that ball. This season, he's, he's averaging 1.3 offensive rebounds as a point guard. So you know he's going to rebound the ball. You know he's going to defend. You know he's going to assist the ball. Yeah, at times he can have some boneheaded uh, plays here and there. But I, I like all of the other things that he's given the Clippers on the floor his athleticism and all of that. So to me, listen, um, I, I would personally keep Russell Westbrook in the starting lineup. This season, he's shooting 56%, 53% on the field. He's shooting 38% from the three. His free throw shooting percentage is only 50%, but he's not attempting a lot of free throws, only 1.7, so he's not really going to hurt you there. Um, 
So to me, I'd prefer him and let James Harden run the second unit. And then at the end of games, I think Ty Lue should then make an executive decision where he says, listen, I'm going to put out the best lineup that I believe gives us the best chance to win this game. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. You know, listen, I have LeBron James in my top five, but I got to I gotta say it for myself, and I think a lot of people share this sentiment. LeBron makes it so hard to like him and root for him because of his antics. I have always said that I have LeBron in my top five despite his antics. What am I referring to with his antics? LeBron has had antics for basically from the beginning of his career to now. If it's blaming his teammates, if it's a blame deflection, if it's basically being passive aggressive in the media, if it's coming to an NBA Finals uh, at the end of a series with a, with a cast on your hand, if it's going and standing at the end of the damn uh, a championship talking about give me my respect, if it's going out there and calling yourself this made me the greatest player of all time, it's just one antic after the other. And these little things make it so hard for people to support. It makes it so hard. It is so nauseating. And his fans, not all of them, the majority of them, they just they just gobble it up. They love it. And the and the thing is, they can't figure out why you don't love it. They're like, yo, son, the music is on. We twerking heavy right now. You can see the sweat rolling down my back for all the twerking that I'm doing. And why can't you just twerk with me? I'm sorry, we can't do it with you dudes. This is not amusing. It's actually nauseating. What am I referring to? As you guys know, LeBron James used to be a former Miami Heat. Prior to that, he was an excellent basketball player that could never get over the hump. He was a great, I think he had won an MVP. He was an all-star, fantastic player. No one has taken that away from him. But he was by no stretch of the imagination the best player in the NBA. And he had a reputation of choking. Running from the free throw line. all of the, That was LeBron's reputation. I didn't give it to him. That was what he was doing. So what happens? In the summer of 2010, 2011, LeBron James decides to bite Kobe Bryant's arm off by biting off of his thing. I'll be taking my talents to. He said he's going to take his talents to South Beach. He gets to South Beach. He then talks about not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Right? Then what happens? They go the next year to the NBA Finals, and they get slapped in the Finals. Smacked. Dwayne Wade led that team in scoring in the playoffs. He wet the bed. He then comes out in the summertime, running around San Tropez, running around New York with a shirt on, talking about check my stat. That's y'all dude. That's your man. He goes on. They win championships. We fast forward to the present day. What happened yesterday? The Los Angeles Lakers went to go play the Miami Heat, and they lost a very, very close game. At the end of that game, they're talk, uh, LeBron is speaking to the press, and I guess he was asked to kind of give his you know, weigh in on what he thought about his time with the Miami Heat. And LeBron goes up there and essentially starts capping about what his career trajectory would have been 
had he not joined the Miami Heat. And they caught whiff of this today on ESPN First Take with Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith. And when they brought up those quotes to Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, who is one of the biggest LeBron James supporters on the in the universe, absolutely obliterated LeBron James on live TV for his constant capping. But before we even get into that, this video is brought to you by a brand new sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app with over 28 million downloads. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeeks, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. And with the NFL and NBA season in full swing, SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Now, here's the best part and the reason I absolutely love SeatGeek. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you are getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of one to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket is backed by the buyer's guarantee and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event. And we have great news for you because we got you guys a really, really good deal. Use code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. And remember, when you try SeatGeek by using the link in the description below, just know that you're helping this channel. So what we want to do is we want to play exactly what Shannon Sharp had to say about his man, LeBron James. This is a, this is a LeBron fan saying this. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Shannon Sharp had to say there. I think it still would be at this level, no matter if I would have came here or not. Let's not get it twisted. The four years I was here, it was amazing. I loved everything about it. Loved this franchise. This franchise is top tier. It's one of the best franchises in the world. But as far as my career, my career was going to be my career. And as far as individually, because I know how much I put into the game and I know how much I strive to be as great as I can be. <laughs> and as far as what I was able to learn, he was second to none. That's for sure. Yes. Okay. Shannon? Yes. Do you agree with what LeBron said about his time in Miami? Hell no, I vehemently disagree. I strenuously disagree with what he said. At the time that he had arrived in Miami, he had two M he had two regular season MVPs and one finals appearance through his first seven seasons. LeBron, do you realize the reason why you got into the GOAT conversation because of what transpired in Miami? You won two more finals MVPs. You more won two more regular season MVPs. You went to four straight finals. LeBron, how can you say that your career was going to be the same without going to Miami? LeBron, I'm not so sure had you not gone to Miami, how do I make a com compelling case and I can argue any case before the Supreme Court? How do I make a case that he's a top five player if he doesn't go to Miami, Stephen A? I don't understand why LeBron wants to be so dismissive. Okay, I get it. You dislike Pat Riley. Pat Riley didn't give you the, 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 the latitude that Cleveland, like the Lakers do. I get everything that you're saying from that aspect. But to sit there and sit in front of a, 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 the media and say your career was going to be this, your career was going to be the career? Come on, LeBron, man. You got to stop this. It's okay to give the Miami Heat the credit that they deserve. Man. I almost caught a heart attack. <laughs> I cannot believe I am so proud of you right now. I thought you were going to disagree. This touches my heart, Shannon Sharp. I, can't, I didn't believe you were capable of such a thing. Hey, come on. I, with LeBron, I mean, we are marching locks. It's supposed to be a debate show. But damn it, ain't no debate here. No. Because you're 1,000% correct. What the hell is wrong with you, LeBron? 
What the hell is wrong with you? Let me tell y'all something. LeBron James loses in Boston. When he goes to Miami, how does it happen? You got James Dolan talking about making him a billionaire. That didn't work. You got other teams looking at him. Pat Riley rolled up and put rings on the table. Right. Do, do you want these? Okay. Well, here's how you get them. Now, obviously, I've broken the story about how he's going to end up taking his talents to South Beach. But make no mistake about it. Do y'all understand the greatness of a Hall of Famer by the name of Dwayne Wade? Yes. He was a great player. He was a great leader. Let's go back to LeBron's rookie year. LeBron... Every press conference was D-Wade looking right at it, was sitting right next to him. Why was that? Because mentally, despite the greatness of LeBron James as a talent, mentally he was warped. He was scared to shoot free throws. He was scared to really take the bull by the horn. Give me the rock. I'm that dude. I'm that man. Okay? So much so that even after they lost in the finals to Dallas, when Jason Terry was guarding him in the post in the fourth quarter. And J.J. Barea. And J.J. Barea. Okay? Como esta, by the way. The bottom line is this. When that happened, the following year, All-Star Weekend, and I've said this many times, LeBron James got the ball in his hands. The late, great Kobe Bryant claps his hands, let's go, and defended him. An exhibition All-Star game to just having a good time. And he threw the ball in the corner, and it was a turnover. And Melo, D-Wade, Kobe, everybody descended on LeBron. What's the matter with you? He was warped. He was, and that is why, Shannon Sharp. I haven't given him the title as GOAT because I got to take into account all of those things before you started winning championships. And what I'm saying is that he's been going against Jordan and those brothers right. with that kind of mentality before he ever won a championship. He'd have never won one. They'd have shut it down because they'd have snatched his heart. But because he got to Miami and learned what it took to be a champion, okay. he's been unstoppable since. So you heard what Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith, this is, Le this is that, what you just heard right now, excuse me, is a LeBron special. Invent reality, act as if he was the only one on planet Earth, and he's the only one that had the fact. This is what Rich Paul does. Him and Rich, this is what they do. At first, I thought it was Rich Paul. This is how these dudes, this is what they believe. They really believe that they are entitled to their own facts. But you see, liars never have any proof. LeBron said all of this. Now, what happened about a month or so ago, we produced the show on some comments that was made by LeBron's former teammate in Dwayne Wade when Dwayne Wade publicly revealed in front of Paul Gasol and Tony Parker that the reason they ended up forming that big three was because they got sick and tired of Kobe Bryant winning championships and they wanted to form a team to stop Kobe Bryant and Paul Gasol's Lakers. For those of you who don't remember that, take a quick listen to what Dwayne Wade had to say about that. Take a listen to that. I remember so, cutting my TV off as soon as Kobe ran and grabbed that ball. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> LeBron. All right, LeBron. Especially <laughs> losing, <laughs> losing against them before. <laughs> CB, CB, I'm not lying to you. I cut the TV off. When I watched that <laughs> and I watched Kobe run and grab the ball and celebrate. I was like, so what you going to do? That was our summer free agency. They, they had just, they were dominating. Like, Kobe was winning all these rings. I was like, wait, hold on. Now he got five and we got one? Like, no. So, yeah. Man, yeah. It, that, that was a... It's, it's, it's great how... It changed the league. How he created yeah. to know that. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> We're proud of that. Yeah. So you heard Dwayne Wade. That was Dwayne Wade. So help me figure this out. 
LeBron believes that his career, he would have gone on to have a similar career had he not joined the Miami Heat, but he felt the need to team up with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, who had led the league in scoring before the year before, who was the finals MVP, to go join him to be able to stop Kobe. Help me figure it out. So where were you going to go? Are you going to go to L.A.? You just going to join the Lakers? Help me. What tweet was you going to? You going to go to OKC? Because we know you wasn't going to do it by yourself. We know that for a fact. You would never attempt to do it by yourself. You're not Michael Jordan. You need super team. You need them. Let's be for real. LeBron and his fans have been super disrespectful to Dwayne Wade. Super disres super disrespectful. Dwayne Wade, had it not been for Dwayne Wade, LeBron would probably only have two rings. Had it not been for the Miami Heat and Dwayne Wade, he would probably have two rings. We're not just talking about what he did for him, on, for him on the court. We're talking about the stuff that Stephen A. Smith was alluding to. You jokers are running around talking about LeBron. Is when was the time Kobe ever had anybody come up to him clapping in his face like, yo, shoot the ball? When did that ever happen? Because he was so psyched out. When did that ever happen? Kobe Bryant had big cojones as a rookie. He like, yo, give me the ball. Even if I'm airballing this, this joint, I'm shooting it. He wasn't concerned about making the right play. Which again is another antic. Another antic. It's these dudes are nauseating. These dudes are not. And to hear Shannon Sharp, who is one of the, or, or probably the biggest LeBron James advocate. That's why Stephen A. Smith said he was shocked. Even me, I was shocked. I had to play it again to understand. Wait a minute. Shannon Sharp is saying this about LeBron James? This can't be right. And the irony is, at the end of this, LeBron fans are still here and be like, but, but why are you hating on his greatness? Oh my God, all the hate that this man has to endure. LeBron runs around and acts like a victim. When he's the one that puts himself in these situations where people, nobody forced LeBron to say those things. No one did. Nobody. He said it all on his own. And then will be the same one, him and his fans, to turn around and talk about nobody loves me. Bro, how could you act, expect people to love you when you went around and disrespected all of the greatest NBA players to ever play by coming out and calling yourself the great? Even NBA greats, Kevin McHale, uh, Isaiah Thomas, all of these dudes were like, yo, that was distasteful. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to be like, well, who the hell would those do? That's the fan base we're talking about. The vast majority of them. Not all of them. Some of them can act, act, actually have some decency. Some, the rest of them, they don't. These dudes will be messaging you on Instagram. Hey, yo, son, why are you talking about LeBron like that? Why you got to go with my man like that? Come on, son. They be messaging you, these dudes. They're the only fan base that actually message you. At least me. Why you got to go with my man like that for, son? Well, I don't understand what's all of this hate. All of these jigaboos in the media twerking it up, knocking over people's drink. They not enough. You dudes, y'all want to collect people like, like we some damn infinity stone. Y'all want all of us. If we not twerking, y'all ain't happy. This is the LeBron way. Always inventing reality. That's what Rich Paul did.
He up there capping about Mamba mentality. He capping about Jordan. That's all these dudes do. Cap. And I don't care who gets offended. These boys are nauseating. Let me say dudes. These dudes are nauseating. I'm sorry. I would have gone on to had to. No, you wouldn't have. There was no evidence to suggest that. No, you wouldn't have. What was, what was going to happen? What was going to happen? LeBron needed a super team to win. Period. He ain't cut from that cloth like MJ and Kobe. He not. Kobe the only person in the top five, top ten that can stand alone and say, I beat three top 75 players as the only top 75 player on my roster. Who else can say that? Who? Who? I would have gone on and done it. Man, that's your man. I still got LeBron in my top five, but yo, his antics are nauseous. This the stuff they be making people like, yo, just retire, man. We tired of hearing from you. It's enough already. My God. Even Shannon Sharp, your biggest supporter is sick of you with this. I'm sick of these dudes. Oh my Lord. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.